Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, we will be doing our player spotlight. This is Black History Month, so we'll be doing it on the big O, Oscar Robinson. We'll cover his early life, his high school career, his college career, and his first 10 years in the NBA with the Cincinnati Royals. So just sit back, relax. And enjoy the show. Okay, guys. So, we are on our Black History Month player spotlights. So far, we have done Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Next on the list, the big old Oscar Robinson. One of the great guards to ever play this game one of the most fundamentally sound guards to play this game and also as a point guard he revolutionized the position before there was a Magic Johnson there was Oscar Robinson before there was a Penny Hardaway there was Oscar Robinson before there was a Ben Simmons well the old Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia days there was an Oscar Robinson. So let's get started, guys. Okay. All right. So he was born Oscar Palmer Robinson. Uh, he was six five. This is his uh, height in the in college in the NBA. Anyway, between about two hundred and five pounds to two hundred and ten pounds. So. He was born November 24th, 1938. He was born in Charlotte, Tennessee. Uh, his parents, Maisel Bell Robinson, and that's his mother, and his father, Bailey Robinson Sr. So, his family moved from Tennessee to Indianapolis, Indiana. In an area that was considered the Dust Bowl. It was the kind of like the slum area, if you will. Um, into a segregated housing project. So, he was in a part of town that was, you know, it was poor. And um, his love for basketball began as a kid. As it was popular when he grew up. In fact, uh many people considered basketball a poor kid's game so what Oscar did was he learned how to shoot with rags wrapped in rubber bands or tennis balls and he would shoot them into peach baskets so so he did this and he did this at his home you know in his um at home in his home area there. So he attended Crispus Attics High School, which was all black high school. Crispus Attics is uh, the revolutionary from the Boston Tea Party. In fact, he was the first person shot during that Boston Tea Party. So Crispus Attics, that's the high school, and that's who it's named after. So so he attended there and he played basketball under coach Ray Crow. Ray Crow 
was very much into doing the fundamentals, not showboating, uh, playing sound basketball. So, uh, Crow's teachings on playing the fundamentally sound basketball resonated with Oscar's natural instincts and physical talents. So, a blend of Crow's teaching along with what Oscar brought to the table in terms of just his instincts and, you know, the physical abilities that he had. Though that that was just a match made in heaven basically. So in nineteen fifty four, during his sophomore season, he was the star of the team, but they uh that team lost in the state quarterfinals to Milan. Now Milan eventually ended up winning the state championship. In fact, the movie Hoosers is uh, based upon that game, um, the Milan team that ended up winning the state championship. So, um, yeah, so the Crispus Attucks team lost to them, the eventual state champions. But coming back as a junior and a senior, uh, he... His team was able to win back-to-back state championships. And it was the first for all-black schools. And it was the first for an Indianapolis school. So, history being made right there, guys. And in his junior year, they had a 31-1 record. In his senior year, they went undefeated, 31-0. Included... In those two years of dominance, a 45-game win streak. So, so they were the IHSAA Men's Basketball Championship. That's what it was named. The Indiana High School uh, Athletics Association. So, so that's the championship that they won. But, even with them winning the state championship, the team was not given the regular parade route through downtown. So, they weren't allowed to parade into the city, per se, because city officials feared that, and this is what Oscar Robinson said in an interview, that the blacks were going to tear, tear the town up, and they thought the whites would, wouldn't like it, so... So they were given an alternate route that was not within the city limits, but outside of it. So, and that that really, you know, for that to happen to, you know, a young teenager, for them not to be able to get their proper accolades, uh, you know, that's that would resonate. So, and it did with Oscar, and rightfully so. So, as a senior, he averaged 24 points per game, and he was named Indiana's Mr. Basketball in 1956. And he ended up winning the National High School Player of the Year Award as well. So, so already, Oscar's career in basketball off to a rousing start on the court. He graduated in the top 10% of his class in 
it was a member of the National Honor Society. So not only getting it done on the court, he's getting it done scholastically as well. He he was recruited by more than 30 colleges. Uh, included in that were no colleges in the South. So uh, included was the University of Indiana and in the University of Cincinnati. So it really came down to those two. He visited the University of Indiana, but he didn't like how he was treated while he was visiting there. So, he ends up choosing to attend the University of Cincinnati since they allowed him to exchange uh, his in-class business administrative work for on-the-job business training, which would serve him well in the future. And we'll talk about that. He was the first black player in the school's history back in 1957, guys. So you talk about right in the midst of uh, civil rights movements and everything that was going on in the country at that time. So, uh, And he would make his debut the following year in 19... Actually, no, in 1957, he made his debut because he, remember, in, in college, the freshman year, you have to sit out, then you, sophomore year, you're eligible, so, so it's 1957. Being in the Missouri Valley Conference, the school had to face uh, a few southern schools regularly, um, Two that comes to mind is Houston and North Texas, as well as schools outside of their conference. So he faced tremendous racism, guys. Uh, one notable incident that I was able to research, January 12, 1959, uh, University of Cincinnati visited North Texas in Denton, Texas. And Oscar was treated horribly, including leaving a black cat in the visitor's locker. Local papers didn't mention this incident, but it wasn't until an or uh, editorial was written in the University of North Texas campus newspaper recounting that this exact incident so um you know they yelled racial epithets at him they threw hot dogs cinnamon buns cups popcorn candy wrappers onto the court it took they had to stop play to clean up the court and so forth so he was treated really bad there and then not to mention also he received death threats from the leader of the KKK in Georgia. So, yeah, these are just a couple of the incidents that he had to go through. As well as, um, when he had to travel to these places, while his team stayed in hotel rooms, he would have to stay in college dorms. So, um, so he just faced a lot. But on the court, uh, that Oscar really excelled there. 
in his three years, this is what this is what he did. The school the school itself went uh, seventy nine and three. They in the three years, twenty five and three his sophomore year, twenty six and four his junior year, and his senior year they went twenty eight and two under Coach George Smith. The team went to the Final Four twice, and they they lost both times actually to California, the University in California, who was coached by Pete Newell. They were three-time Missouri Valley Conference champs, and their record within the conference was thirty-nine and three. So, uh, they dominated their conference. So, with I'll I'll read all his college accolades um, when I get to towards the end, guys. So, and there's a lot of them. So, I'll just tell you that his uh, career scoring average thirty three point eight points per game, and that was that's third all time. Uh, his twenty nine hundred and seventy three points. It's now twelfth all time. But when he finished college, he was actually number one until uh, a kid named Pete Maravich, who I actually spotlighted last year. He would he would break that record. So so along with his thirty three point eight points per game. He also averaged 15.2 rebounds, uh, over seven assists per game. But assists actually started getting counted his senior year. So we have no recording of his assists for his sophomore and junior year. He shot at 53.5% from the field and 78% from the free throw line. So... His best stat line, he has uh, two that comes to mind, uh, where he had a 45.23 rebound 10 assist game against Indiana State. That was in 1959. And he dropped 56 points versus Seton Hall. And he did that in 1958. And he did that at... The world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. That's where he uh, put up those points. So, <clears throat> between his junior and senior year, he contemplated joining the Harlem Globetrotters. He admitted that college life was getting boring, as well as him dealing with the constant racism. But he decided to finish school. I'm sure that's a decision he came to with his parents' his blessings, of course. So, he did spend summer of 1959 working for an insurance agency that that was run by the owner of the Cincinnati Royals, Tom Wood, which would um, serve well later, as we'll talk about. He got his business degree after four years 
and was named one of the NCAA's top student athletes of all time and eventually received an honorary doctorate, a Lifetime Achievement Award for Entrepreneurship, and the William Taft Medal, which is the highest honor for a University of Cincinnati alum. So, so uh, again, Oscar getting it done as a student-athlete and an academic. So, Following his graduation in 1960, and despite overtures from the Globetrotters yet again, Oscar joined the Summer Olympic basketball team, where he co-captained with a kid from West Virginia named Jerry West, a.k.a. the Logo. And that team, oh, that team was loaded, guys. On that team was William Bellamy from uh, Indiana University, Bob Boozer from Kansas State, Jerry Lucas from Ohio State, and Adrian Smith from Kentucky, along with um, a few others as well on that team. And that team was coached by Pete Newell. And the team, the Olympics were held in Rome, Italy. So that's where the team played their games. And the team went 8-0 and and won the gold medal over there. So uh, one of the great, great assembled college basketball teams as far as Olympics go. And many thought that this was one of the best amateur sports teams in basketball history, given the roster that it had. His previous international experience was actually a year prior, in 1959, at the Pan Am Games in Chicago, where, again, they won gold. So, so Oscar's international resume were very good as well, so. After his return from Italy in triumph, he turned down a lucrative offer, another lucrative offer from the Gold Trotters. Seemed like they continued to knock at his door. And he entered the 1960 draft. He was picked over number one overall in the 1960 draft as a territorial selection by the Cincinnati Royals. Remember, he went to school in University of Cincinnati. Territorial selection. What does that mean? That's a selection made by a team for a top player from a nearby college and thus forfeiting its first round pick. So that's what Cincinnati did. They basically uh, claimed Oscar Robinson. So. And for lack of a better term. So, so he was their number one pick. And there we have Oscar staying in the Cincinnati area to play professional basketball. So, his rookie season in the NBA, let's talk about that. It was a rousing success, guys. Here's what he did under the coaching of Charles Wolf, the team itself. Went only 33 and 46, 
which was fourth in the Western Division at the time. But on the court, Oscar was tailor-made for the NBA. Uh, he played in 71 games. He averaged 30.5 points per game, which was third in the league. Over 10 rebounds. Uh, that was 13th in the league. And first among all guards. And he averaged 9.7 assists. And that led the league, guys. He shot at 47.3% from the field. 82.2% from the free throw line. And that was ninth in the league. In his first game as a pro, 21 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. And he did that in a win against the Lakers, which had Elgin Baylor, who was an absolute terror. Uh, uh, they had a rookie there as well, Jerry West. Jerry West had his rookie campaign with the Lakers. And also they had Ray Felix as well. So, so guys, and in his first season, he made the All-Star team and... He was voted All-Star MVP as well. So, you talk about um, getting off to an auspicious start. Yes, he did. Oh, by the way, he did win Rookie of the Year for that season. So, in the magical statistics, easy for me to say, the magical statistic season of 1961-62, that's the season where Wilt Chamberlain averaged the 50 points per game. And there was a lot of pro prolific scoring in that season. It, it's kind of reminiscent of what's going on in this 2022-23 season. A bit minus the um, 50 guy averaging 50 points per game. But um, yeah, so in this season here where, I mean, it was just... The numbers were off the charts, guys. Uh, and this is the season where Robinson really shined. 79 games he played in, averaging 30.8 points per game. That was fourth in the league. 12, 12 and a half rebounds. That was ninth in the league, guys. First among guards again. And 11.4 assists per game. And that was first in the league. So, in his so in his second year, he he leads the league yet again. So he shoots it forty seven point eight percent from the field, eighty point three percent from the free throw line. That's fifteenth, guys. The team itself finished did a lot better. They improved by ten games, forty three and thirty seven. They went which was second in the Western Division. And they made the playoffs, but lost in the Western Division semifinals to Detroit three games to one. So, And Oscar's second season, he gets a taste of the playoffs. Albeit brief, but he gets a taste. So, so this is the year where Oscar averaged the triple-double for the season. So back then, they didn't make a big deal out of it. As we do today, but this this was the 
magical season, guys, as far as those numbers are concerned. So, let us continue. And mind you, is in his rookie season, he flirted with a average in a triple-double. So, let's look to 1962-63. In that season, the team went 42-38. and 38, Third, now they shifted divisions. Now, now they're in the East now. And they finished third in that in the East Division. They lost to Boston four games to three in the Eastern Division Finals. A prior to that, they beat Syracuse four four games to three. So, so a little deeper into the playoffs they went. Oscar for the season, eighty games he played, so he played in all eighty games. Twenty eight point three points per game. That's fourth in the league. 10.4 rebounds, that's 11th in the league, and 9.5 assists per game. He, this time he didn't finish first, he finished second in terms of assists. He did shoot at 51.8% from the field. That was third in the league, guys. And then his 81% from the free throw line, 10th in the league. So another top-notch season for Oscar. Then we move on to 1963-64, which was his, uh, it seems like this is his finest season here, guys. Even even above the 1961-62 season. And this year, he was, they changed coaches. He was now coached by Jack, Jack McMahon. And then this season, guys, this is what he did. First of all, the team improved by 13 games. So they won 55 games and lost 25. They were second in the East Division. And this is the year, guys, that they brought in as a rookie, Jerry Lucas. So um, and with Jerry Lucas coming in, who was a strong rebounder, guys. So in comes Lucas. They lose to Boston in the Eastern Division Finals yet again, four games to one. Uh, prior to that, they beat Philadelphia three games to one in the Eastern Divisional Semifinals. Oscar on the season, 30, 34, no, 31.4 points per game. That's second in the league. 9.9 rebounds, that's 16th in the league, first among guards yet again. And 11 assists per game, that's first in the league, guys. He shot at 48.3% from the field, that's 7th in the league. And he actually led the league in free throw um, percentage with 85.3, guys. He was the all-star MVP of the league. And he won his first MVP award for the entire league, guys. So, this was his finest hour. This was the finest hour for Oscar Robinson. Who, remember, he was competing with the likes of Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Jerry West, and those guys. So, so kudos to the big O for finally breaking through and getting the MVP award. 
So we move on to 1964-65 season. But before we get there, uh, after this 1963-64 season, he was a member of a team of players to tour overseas. And this was sanctioned by the U.S. State Department under um, Lyndon, ba Lyndon Baines Johnson, the president at the time. And this was the this was the first of its kind uh, team of guys going overseas to tour. They were under the, under the coach Red Arback, and this took this was a six week trip that they took. They went to places like Poland, Romania, Yugoslavia, and Egypt, and and. During that six weeks, they went 21 and 0, guys. So, um, so early on, the NBA doing the international thing and going overseas. So, kind of setting the setting the tone very early as far as international play goes. So, uh, so kudos there. And then. Let us move on to 1964-65. This is his fifth season in the league. His team goes 48-32, and 32, which is second in the Eastern Division. Although they lose in the Eastern Division semifinals to Philadelphia, three games to one. So, so uh, abbreviated playoff run there. Oscar for the season, following up his MVP campaign. 75 games played, 30.4 points per game, 9 rebounds, 11.5 assists. Again, leading the league, of course. 48% uh, from the free throw line and nearly 84% from the free throw line. So, uh... Yes, yeah, so Oscar, you know, following that up with a strong campaign as well, and once again leading the league in assists. So, uh, so in his five seasons thus far, guys, if you take all his numbers, he's averaging a triple double in his first five seasons out of all the numbers overall. So, uh, he's just dominating the game from the point guard position, mind you. Then we go to 1965-66. The team finishes 45 and 35, third in the East Division, and they lose in the the Eastern Division semis. This time to Boston, so who eventually became the World Champions. Oscar's numbers: 76 games played, 31.3 points. Over 11 assists. That's first first in the league. His 31.3 is third in the league. He he averaged also 7.7 rebounds. So his rebounding numbers started to go down as Jerry Lucas uh, began to excel as a pro. So it's no coincidence that that's taking place there. And he shoots. 
84.2% from the free throw line. And that's six in the league, guys. So, in 1965, he becomes president of the National Basketball Players Association. So, he becomes their president where he served nine years, guys. And that's the third longest stint in MBPA history. So, and... During his presidency, uh, he's made uh, some pretty good impact. We'll talk about that as well. So, 1966-67, he, um, he pl- the team goes 39-42. and 42, So, they have their first losing season under Coach Jack McMahon. They're third in the East Division and they lost in the Eastern Division semifinals to the mighty Philadelphia team. That team that was absolutely dominant throughout the year. So they lost to them three games to one. So, so guys, you already have three straight. Uh, semifinal losses that the Cincinnati Royals had to endure. So, Oscar's numbers: seventy-nine games played, thirty and a half points per game, which is second in the league. His ten point seven assists is second in the league. Six point two rebounds, forty-nine point three percent from the field. That's fourth in the league, guys, and eighty-seven point three percent from the free throw line. That's fourth as well. So. So, after the season, they change coaches. Ed Juker becomes the coach for the next two seasons. And this is how those te- seasons go. It's 1967-68, 1968-69. The team finished with both years in fifth place in the Eastern Division. So, towards the bottom, guys. And... Oscar for those two seasons. He go he plays in 79 games and 65 games respectively. His scoring average 29.2 actually led the league, so he once led the league in scoring and then the following season 24.7 points per game. Uh his assists 9.7 and then the following year, 9.8 leads the league both times. So, so he he leads the league and assists twice during this run. He shoots at 50% in 1967-68, 48.6% in 1978-79. So... He shoots from the free throw line, 87.3% in 1967-68. That leagues the league. And then 83.8% the following year. So, so not much success those two seasons, guys. So, with that said, they changed coaches yet again. In 1960, for the 1969-70 season, they bring in Bob Cousy. 
who was 41 years old at the time, guys. And and this was probably the most tumultuous tumultuous year uh, season, rather, of Oscar Robinson's basketball career. And at that time, guys, with with the constant losing now and the first first round losses, fan attendance started to wane down a bit. Um, and then this is probably considered his last peak season. And he only played at 69 games, guys, because he was ineligible because he only played the 69 of 82. Now it's an 82-game season now. Uh, his numbers, nonetheless, were 25.3 points per game, a little over 8 assists, over 6 rebounds, 51.1% from the field, and nearly 81% from the free throw line. So, there, there was questions throughout the media and everywhere about Oscar being a team player, and that grew louder and louder within the organization as well. During that season also, he suffered a groin injury in a game at Boston, and that caused him to miss 12 games. He came back. Um, the injury took place in January 30th, 1970. He came back February 21st. And in his first game back, what he does? Puts up a triple-double, guys. 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 11 assists. Thus beating the Chicago Bulls on that night. Now, prior to the season, they tried to trade uh, Oscar Robinson to the Baltimore Bullets. But unbeknownst to them, Oscar, in his contract, had the power to veto any trade without his consent. And he even had a two-week holdout to begin the season. So, Oscar, that guys, this, the man is sharp. The man was sharp. He was business-minded. He knew to put into his contract this sort of stipulation just in case something like this happened. So He clashed with new coach Cousy, who wanted him to shoot less in the past more. So, uh, so those guys butted heads in that regard. And then in a futile attempt to drum up fan interest, Bob Cousy made a brief comeback in the last seven games of the season. Actually start putting himself as a starter next to Oscar Robinson in the backcourt. You talk about ego. Wow. So, and that didn't work to any avail. And again, they stumbled and finished uh, as bottom feeders once again. So, after the seat... 69-70 season. Then Oscar was traded. He was traded to Milwaukee for Glenn, uh, guard Flynn Robinson and Charlie Polk. So this is where uh, there was a shift for Oscar Robinson. Also, in April 16th of 1970 
he, along with 13 other players from other teams, filed a class action antitrust lawsuit against the NBA in efforts to alter the current draft rules, allowing for less restrictive player movement and also put a halt to to the NBA-ABA merger. Now, this was something that was bold and unprecedented, and Oscar, as himself already being the the MBPA's president, he really put himself out on a limb, guys. So, we're actually going to revisit this in the second part. So, I want to just cut it off here because I'm going to have do the second part. His stint in Milwaukee, what he did post-basketball, and there's a lot that he did, guys. His accolades and also uh, one of my favorite segments when I do these player spotlights what others say about him so guys we're gonna have all of that on the other side it'll be in another episode of course so uh guys once again i thank you for listening always appreciate it now guys i'm on apple Podcasts. i just got set up i'm on apple Podcasts now you can go check me out there as well so uh guys we'll have more on the Next episode, as I continue my player spotlight on the big O, Oscar Robinson. Once again, I thank you for listening. And of course, write a review, guys. Write a review. You could do it now on Apple. You could do it on the website, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You could do it there. You could do it on my YouTube channel as well, at allthingsbasketballgd. You could do it there as well. All right, guys. So... Once again, I thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, pod chaser just to name a few and also you can find me on social media facebook instagram twitter tiktok clubhouse and fan base so once again i thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe